Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. I'm going to come down here this morning because we didn't quite expect so many people today. So good on you for coming to church. Uh, I'm sure there's, because everyone came forward, there's not, oh, well, the people at the back, you, you might struggle to see me, but you can always come forward. There's lots of places here. Um, yeah, like Eric said, we, um, Bonnie and I, if you don't know us, a few people may not know who I am. Uh, my name's Rob, and I'm married to Bonnie, and we have four kids, uh, and it's our privilege to pastor this morning community. Um, and we, we set off up to North Haven, just south of Port Macquarie, on Friday, um, and got everything set up there, spent the night there, uh, and, and then came back yesterday, uh, just, uh, just me, I've left Bonnie up there, so she sends her love and her greetings, um, and I just came back with our older two kids um, to pick up all the things we left, <laughs> all the things we couldn't get in the car. I have faith that we will get them in the car on the way back, but who knows? Um, and then a couple, couple more kids with us as well, some friends. So, um, yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind few days. But, you know, I just, I, we, we had a bunch of reasons to come back, but I particularly felt um, that it was an important morning. There was something that the Lord wanted to really say through some of the scriptures we're going to look at today, uh, that it's the last Sunday of this year, and um, I just really feel like there's something really significant for us. Um, and I think we've already seen most of that in our time of worship. Wasn't that a beautiful time of worship? Um, but I do feel like there's something else as well in, in what we're going to look at this morning. So, um, yeah, just thank you for coming. And I, I pray this morning was a blessing for you. Um, and not least, I'm, I'm quite aware that it's, it's a funny time of the year, uh, not least because, you know, who knows how many people are going to turn up to church on a Sunday, but also because there's a whole bunch of parties and gatherings. I don't know how many Christmas parties I've been to in the last four weeks or so. Um, and I don't know what your plans are when it comes to New Year's. Uh, who's actually getting out of Sydney for New Year's Eve? Put your hand up if you're getting out of Sydney. Oh, okay, so most of you are staying here. Who's actually going down to the city for the fireworks? Who's brave enough? Yeah, okay, only a handful of people, that's a good idea. We did that a couple of years ago, it was absolutely crazy, um, but um, it's kind of, it feels like one of those things you have to do every now and again, is to get together with lots of people. But, but parties, whether you, I don't know what your plans are for New Year's or what you've been up to over Christmas, but parties um, can be a mixture of things. I quite enjoy parties now, but when I was younger... I was awkward at parties. I, just, I was that guy who was found parties really awkward. Really, Does anyone else find parties awkward, or was it just me? Good, okay, all right, it's just me. Fantastic. Um, there are lots of things that can make parties awkward. Work parties can be very awkward. <laughs> um, whether your boss is there, we had a party, didn't we, Phil? That wasn't that awkward, but it can be. It can be a bit awkward if you're at a work party. Uh, if you go to a fancy dress party, you might not quite get that right. Um, has anyone turned up like that? A fancy dress party? No one else seems to be in fancy dress. Um, thank you, that's great. There, there are a bunch of reasons. I'm, you can take that slide off, thank you. <laughs> there are a bunch of reasons why parties can be awkward. For me, usually it's because I forget people's names. 
Uh, and I'm talking, and it's people I really should know their names better, and I'm just chatting with people. Um, but there can be a bunch of things that, that are a bit interesting about parties. But one of the things that's odd often about parties is that they can actually make you feel quite lonely, can't they? Um, I want to show you just a brief video. Let's hope this works. Let's see how this goes. I mean, you feel lonely. Silence. Probably being in a crowd of people that I don't know. I wouldn't say anything really makes me feel lonely, actually. Um, I think I'm in a good space. <laughs> I feel like I'm lonely all the time, like all the time. I think to feel lonely, you're either longing for something in yourself or longing for something in another. You could be in a room full of people and still feel lonely. Feel like nobody really cares about you. At the deepest part of ourselves, we're all lonely. We just, some of us are better at distracting ourselves than others. The answer to loneliness is prayer. God is the answer to loneliness, I think. The answer to loneliness, uh, I don't know, man. The answer to loneliness. Okay. Um, that, that's just part of an excellent video that uh, is part of the Alpha Course. Some of you might have recognized it uh, from the Holy Spirit Weekend. And... Um, you know, one of, the, one of the questions that we talk about at the Alpha Course is this concept, uh, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, is this concept of loneliness. And we actually, the last Alpha Course, we had a really interesting discussion as a group with the question, what is the opposite of loneliness? What's the opposite of loneliness? You know, some people, one of the first things that folks said was feeling connected feeling connected with people. Would you, would you agree with that? But what does that mean? What, is, what, is it actually, what are the things that make you feel connected to people? It might be that you feel when someone understands you, when someone sees you or, or gets you, that there is a, a sense of almost being at home with someone. You know, you feel that sense of connection. And, um, and that is, I felt, just really profound. Because I think, you know, the, the, in the video someone said, at the deepest part of ourselves, we are all lonely. Some of us are just better at hiding that than others. I'm not sure I necessarily agree that we all feel lonely all the time, but we do all have a deep longing for real connection, don't we, with people. I think that's one of the things I guess I, um, I see more and more in the generations coming up. You know, more and more mental health issues. So much of it is just a deep loneliness, a deep sense of lack of connection with people. And, uh, and I think that God addresses our needs in the most profound way. And so I'd love us just to open up to Psalm 139. We're going to read that together today. This is Psalm 139. We're going to look through it a little bit, so um, it will be behind me, but if you've got a Bible, do open it up. We're just going to read the first uh, 13 verses, okay? And let's just pray before we do this. Lord, we want to know the truth of your word 
not just to fill our, heart, our minds, but to fill our hearts. Lord, we want to be transformed. We want to be uh, closer to you as a result of this. So we pray that your Holy Spirit would just stir in our hearts now as we, as we read your word. Lord, we pray you would explain it to us better than I can, that you would speak to us as we, as we read it. Thank you, Lord. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you, for the night will shine like day, for the darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. That's a beautiful passage. And there's just so many, there's so much depth to it. And, I, you know, my heart is that we get deeper in it, if you like, this morning. Because if I, you know, just off the, off, the, off the start of the reading, you might hear that the sentiment, God knows you. You know, God knows you. But I wonder what that actually, how you feel when you hear that, God knows you. Um, for many people, God is... It's a bit more like the police or like the judge. Uh, when, I was, <clears throat> when I was at school and I was about 11, I made the very bad mistake of um, doing something that was really quite naughty, if I can put it that way, I, and then forgetting about it. Um, I don't know if you've ever done this before. So I was, uh, I was very cross with my teacher. I was doing some homework. And for some strange reason, I decided to write over my homework how cross I was with the teacher. And I thought to myself, I think I thought, I'll just rub that out later. But I'm forgetful. And so about a week later, I got asked to come to the staff room. And I had no recollection of this whatsoever. And so my teacher came to me, it was my history teacher, I remember his name now, but I won't say it, um, not that you'd know him, and he wasn't a good teacher, and he, um, he said to me, is there anything you'd like to tell me, Robert? Um, I knew I was in trouble, but I didn't quite know why, and I thought, oh, I'm not sure. Uh, and then the sinking feeling started happening, you know, and the, and the kind of hairs on the back of my neck started going up, and I thought... Oh, no. And, you know, I think sometimes that's what people feel when you tell them that God knows them. There's a sense of God is just, he knows everything that you've ever done. Oh, no. You know, he's seen everything that I've done. 
He's written it all down in a big book, and one day I'll have to answer to him. But God isn't a speed camera waiting to just get you just when you've done the thing wrong. He doesn't just see the bad things that we do. When we read here about how God knows us, Lord, you've searched me and you know me, the word that David is using as he writes a psalm is, is, a, is an active verb. It's a, it's a, you are getting to know me. You are unveiling me. You are, you know, it's, you, I am becoming known by God as he searches me. He discerns the truth about us. He searches us in order to get to know us. He watches us so closely. I love it, David says, you are familiar with all my ways. He watches us so closely that he becomes familiar with what we do. So when we get up in our day and we start going about things and we respond to someone in a certain way, God goes, yep. He's never surprised. Oh my goodness, you did that? What? He's not surprised by the things we do because he's familiar with them. That doesn't mean that we can't bring delight and joy into his life. But he is familiar with all that we do. And to go even further, and sometimes this is a bit uncomfortable, the scriptures here use a word that, uh, a word when, he, when they say, you know me, which he says twice. The word know there is the Hebrew word yada. And it's the same Hebrew word that's used when Adam makes love to his wife Eve and they bear children in Genesis 4. And so David is expressing with that word how he is, how we are profoundly, intimately known by God. And knowing through experience. God understands you. He gets you. And, you know, this is actually why Jesus came. So one of the reasons that Jesus came is so that God could express to us, I know you, I get you, I understand you. In Hebrews chapter 4, we're told that Jesus came uh, as a high priest, one who is able to empathize with our weaknesses, one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are. I want us to just let that sink into our hearts as we get towards the end of this year. God understands us. God gets you. And God is always there. If we can just bring up that last slide, Robbie, that would be great. We read in verse 7, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? I wonder if you've ever tried running away from God. You know, Jonah had a go at it. It didn't work out very well for him. If you try and run away from the God, you might end up being swallowed by a whale as well. But God is a patient father who will use every circumstance, good and bad. I was talking to somebody last week, and they were telling me how God has chased them, has been on their case through so much of their life, and often used bad situations to draw them back. And that's what he does. He uses every circumstance to draw us back. Um, just at the beginning of the service, 
Lisa was sharing with me a picture she had of, of God drawing in a fishing net. And there was a sense in which even this morning God is drawing us into him. You know, he's, he's drawing up the net and drawing us into him. But there's more going on in this passage than just the fact that God is everywhere. You know, when we talk to kids about God, we might, well, not just kids, we might talk to adults as well, but as we teach people about God, we might say, you know, God is all-powerful and God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. But David is talking about more than just the fact that God is everywhere, more than the fact he's just omnipresent. Twice there he says, you are there. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. God is always there. Whether we are in danger or in sickness. If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand. 13 years ago, your right hand will hold me fast. About 13 years ago, me and my family, we landed here in Sydney, having settled on the far side of the sea. We'd left our life, we'd got a one-way ticket with all our belongings, and we landed here and emigrated. We had a six-month-old. six month old. And, you know, as, I, as we landed and we went through customs, those verses were resonating in my heart. I remember actually looking out the window of the aeroplane and thinking, gosh, God is here too. That's amazing. I know that sounds silly, but not just, how do I explain it? Not just God is, we know that God fills the universe, but actually I can experience God and God will experience me and there will be a sense of this is my God and this is my journey with God and it doesn't matter whether I'm on one side of the world or the other side of the world, that doesn't change. Even if you go to a country that speaks a completely different language, which is what I think David was talking about here. He couldn't imagine there'd be a country on the other side of the world that spoke the same language, right? But even if you go into the most foreign, totally different circumstances, even there God's hand guides us. Even there he holds us fast. And I love that. Your right hand will hold me fast. You know, that's symbolic of God's strength. God's action, his right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me. Even when we might try to run away from him out of shame or regret, Jesus says he won't let anyone snatch us out of his hand. But why? Why would the Lord God Almighty always be there by our side? You know, in, um, in verse 13, it tells us why. But I wanted you to notice this right at the end here. It doesn't say it's because God is so mighty. It doesn't say because God is everywhere. For you created me, sorry, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. The symbolism here is striking. I just want you to think about this. This is poetry. It's not, a, it's not a scientific paper. It's poetry. So David is 
using symbolism. He's using a picture to, uh, to express emotion. It's a picture here of God weaving or sewing you together. Forming the thing that makes you, you. You know that inmost part that he's talking about? Literally, that means the kidney in Hebrew. And we would say the heart. And we, neither of us mean the organ. Right? We mean the, the deep seat of your affection and your emotion, the thing that makes you, you. The thing that all those Hollywood movies that we're watching at this time of the year are talking about. You know, deep in your heart. God made you, and he made that very inmost part of you with his hands in the silent, hidden, secret, protected place of your mother's womb. The very first home that you ever know. And that's where God is. Because God is home. God is home. God is where we belong. He's always been there. There is not a second of your life when God wasn't there. You know, here at Northridge, we, we occasionally we have the joy of hearing about how people have loved coming home. We certainly experienced that when we got off that plane and we walked in and it just felt like home. And over the years, people come to us and say, oh, it just feels like home. And we go, yeah, that's great. We love that. Fantastic. We're doing something right. It's wonderful. But you know what? That's actually just a, that's just a doorway. The church and our experience of church, whether it's this one or one of the many other great churches around, it's just a doorway into the experience of coming home to God. Of saying, I've, it just feels like home when I'm with God. And that's a heart for you. That's our heart for ourselves. Uh, that's what we pray as leaders all the time, that you and us, we would all find our home in God. Can I invite you to stand? We'd just love to pray as we come to an end. Lord, we, we want to thank you this morning for that beautiful truth that you have never left us. Even when we feel like you have, there has not been a second of our lives that you have not been there. So we open ourselves up to your Holy Spirit today. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Come and minister to us now. Come, Holy Spirit. And we're just going to wait in this place. We're going to allow just the time just to see what the Lord is doing. I'm going to encourage you. You may just want to think about how you're positioning your heart, but also your body just to receive from him. Whether you want to stand or kneel, even lie down, whatever you, however you want to express that this morning, let's just take a moment just to receive.
Now, there's some things I'd love to just pray into for all of us. But as I do that, if you feel like there's something you'd like some prayer for or just touches for you, we'd love to just invite you to come forward at any point and folk will come and pray with you. And what we do in that space is we just come and stand and we just invite the Holy Spirit to minister. And we go with you to encounter Jesus. That's what we're doing when we're praying together. I do just want to pray into something of a what we call an orphan spirit. And I think for some, you know that you may not be aware, but there can be a, a deep, unmet need to belong. And it can come from a whole bunch of places, but often from childhood where there is a, there's a deep need to belong and that can be interrupted or taken away. And you know what? The same Holy Spirit that, that ministers to us in set free or in counseling sessions or whatever other circumstance or environment, he's here today. And we want to invite him just to come and do whatever he wants to do. And if you need some prayer, you want to chat with somebody afterwards and follow up, then we can do that. But let's just allow him to come and just minister to anything in us that is, I guess, just wounded this morning. So Holy Spirit, we thank you that we belong in you, that you are home. And Lord, we pray that you would now come and you would minister, you would bring healing to parts of us that feel lost or like we don't belong. If you know that's you, just bring that to him just quietly in your hearts. You know, there's maybe just parts of you even that it's like, I just don't totally feel like I'm at home with God. Or even just, I don't feel like I'm ever really at home. And we ask, Holy Spirit, you just come and minister to those things now. Thank you, Lord. And we're just going to wait on the Lord for a while.